Monday, September 24th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Allen. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor Alex Scherer and from Motley Fool One Jason Moser. Alex, glad you made it over the border. Thank you. <laughs> it, was worth, it was worth the trip. We had Mitch Albom in today. We and, had uh, Mitch. That's Album? the reason I drove three hours this morning and three hours back this evening. Best-selling author Mitch Album on the premises here at Fool HQ. Uh, but uh, let's let's dig with uh, dig in with some of the stories. Uh, we're going to talk a little Apple. We're going to talk about a big event happening next month. But we're going to start with Facebook shares down. More than 9% earlier today after a Barron's article over the weekend said that the stock was, quote, still too pricey. Among the reasons, Facebook's challenges in the mobile space and the company's, uh, quote, significant stock-based compensation expenses. Uh, There's a lot to chew on here, Jason. What did you think when you saw this? Well, I'm going to chew on this. We've been saying the stock has been too pricey for quite some time. You're at market foolery. I don't think we're creating any 9% swings here, are we? You think someone at Barron's is listening to market foolery and just starting Uh, to I don't know. Maybe not. It just is kind of amazing to see that. Uh, a Barron's article to have that much sway. Now, with that said, I, I, I do think they, they hit on a, on a couple of very big concerns there. It is, it's still very up in the air as to whether Facebook will be able to uh, monetize their mobile platform. And, and truth be told, I mean, as one who started out on Twitter and kind of got coerced into Facebook, I'm not sold on Facebook. I, I think its big problem right now is that is that mobile platform, and they you know they've they've really got a long way to go to really to make it usable. It's so clunky right now. Uh, Alex, one of the other quotes from the article: uh, Investors may be assuming incorrectly that <laughs> Facebook will show upside soon <laughs> from mobile. Um, we've talked about this on the podcast before. I mean, this is clearly job number one, two, and three for Mark Zuckerberg. How quickly do they need to solve this? Because well, it seems I, like. There's there's how quickly does Wall Street need them to solve it, and there's how quickly does Facebook need them to solve it. And I think those are two very different answers. Fa- uh, mm-hmm. Wall Street wants them to solve it yesterday, and it's not going to happen. But fortunately for Facebook investors, you have somebody who has you know real ownership, founder of the company, who's going to be there for his entire life, uh, who has you know who's 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 you know created everything and will be there for the rest of his life, and he is taking the long term view, and and he knows that job number one is uh, for Facebook is to. Uh, is to figure out the right way to monetize mobile. But the right way to monetize mobile doesn't mean the way to monetize mobile to its maximum tomorrow. It means to take you know the appropriate long-term view on the company, and, and he'll do that. Are there other opportunities for Facebook that don't really involve mobile? We've talked about you know video subscriptions in the past, um, customer analytics, that sort of thing. Or is this really, is this really all... Facebook should be focused. So with so with with Facebook being a recommendation of our rule breaker service, I'll break out one of David Gardner's f- uh, favorite investing memes, and that is to find and invest in companies that have an infinite number of possible futures. Uh, with nine hundred million, is that right? Nine hundred million Something users, like um, somewhere in the neighborhood. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and, frankly, once you get past five hundred million, <laughs> yep. it's just you and know. and leadership that knows how to take the long term view. Uh, yes, mobile is hugely important. Zuckerberg re- Zuckerberg realizes it's hugely important, but uh, Facebook. Facebook investors, uh, Facebook owners, for the long term, uh, can take comfort in in the um, sort of endless pathways that this company can take. Similar to uh, you know how how Google investors can uh, uh, can view Google. Jason, do you think one of those endless possibility pathways leads to Twitter? You know, I mean, we, we've, I... we've talked before about. Twitter being an acquisition target for someone with deep pockets. Yep. I'm not saying Facebook's pockets are as deep as Google's or Apple's, mm-hmm. but at some point, do they 
take a long, hard look at Twitter? Well, I think probably all three of them have. At least we know that Apple and Google have it to, to some degree. And, and there is something to be said there because fi- uh, Twitter sort of stepped right over that sort of clunky uh sort of growing pain stage that Facebook is in right now because Twitter was geared for mobile. And so they've really done well with mobile. And and they're really trying now to learn how to monetize that mobile ad uh, model. Uh, But with that said, I don't know that it's necessarily something that they need to focus on, like another acquisition, because like Alex was saying here, they have so many different ways uh, to potentially make money. It's what we, you know, will refer to as optionality, for, for lack of a better term. But they just have a number of different avenues they can consider over the course of the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And and Alex is right. You got Zuckerberg there, and he's what twenty eight now. So we're, you know, in theory, you could be looking at the CEO of Facebook for the next forty to fifty years. You know, if he, if he stays healthy, and so I think it is important that he not play that Wall Street game, and and that he focus more on growing that company the way he wants to grow it for for long lasting success. And if he does that, they'll be fine. They don't need to really focus so much on an acquisition. Uh, as much as just a, a long-term strategy. And I think there's no doubt that he does do that. That's why yep. he created the I share agree. class structure in the way that he did. That's why he maintained sort of, you know, uh, single-handed control of the, all of the important decisions that are going to take place at that company. Um, and, uh, you know, and he's got a $10 billion war chest, probably not enough to buy Twitter, but, uh, you know, it's a little bit of cash lying around. Just in terms of the stock, shares down today, trading somewhere in the neighborhood of $20 a share. At what point... Do you personally, Alex, get interested in shares of Facebook? Oh, gosh. Um, I can't put a dollar price on that. Uh, An investment in a rule breaker type stock like Facebook is actually not somewhere where I feel like I can bring a lot to the table. Uh, It just doesn't jive with my mentality uh, as an investor. Uh, and so, you know, I'm more, much more likely to see others succeed in their Facebook investment over the next decade, just as I was, uh, you know, watching other people uh, with their Amazon investment succeed over the, uh, over the previous decade. So it's unfortunate for me, but, uh, you know, uh, trying, to, trying to understand how I invest and what works for me, you know, just makes me probably not a Facebook investor. So you're less likely to keep an eye on shares of Facebook for a price target. You're more focused on the business. And as an investor, that's one of those. It sounds like this is a situation where instead of just putting a price target on it, you're looking at it like, no, I want to see how they crack mobile. And if they crack mobile, then you know, it's, it's more the underlying business that's going to get you interested rather than, wow, the stock has dropped to 10. Uh, I, I think that's the case. But even, even, uh, even as they solve the problems, I, I don't see myself uh, being a Facebook investor. But those that are invested in Facebook today and those are, that, are, that are taking uh, the view of owning it long-term ownership as you know, a piece of the company as opposed to wondering where the stock ticker is going to be in the next year or two, um, I think that you know, today's price um, and yesterday's or and, <laughs> and Friday's price, for, you know, for that matter, yeah. uh, we're both uh, you know, paying for the value of the company today and paying for some of those possible futures, uh, but for a company with you know, a, the kind of explosive potential uh, in as many different directions as Facebook has is a uh, you know, reasonable speculation for, uh, you know, for an, uh, a rule-breaker type investment. Jason, what about you? Ten. So I well, I think I think I've always been on record. I think I've said fifteen. I think okay. that's where I sort of said it was at twenty, and then it sort of started peeling back a little bit lower. But you know, I think that it's key to really think about this as a really long-term style holding. I mean, you're going to hold it for probably ten, 
maybe 15, 20 years, who knows? And so, in, interestingly enough, I've spoken with my, my daughters about it because, you know, we're building a portfolio for them. And at, at seven and six years old, they're, they're not on Facebook, but they know about it. And so it's an interesting one that we talk about in the context of their portfolio because they're buying stocks and they're too hold for the next 10 to 15 years. And we've talked about Facebook being a potential one. So, that, that it, you know, 15, maybe a little bit higher, who knows? Uh, there are two stories revolving Apple's iPhone that are moving today, guys. One is the number that were sold over the weekend, and I believe, Alex, you, we're... It was 5 million. 5 million yeah. iPhone 5s sold, and for some on Wall Street, that's just not a big enough number. Uh, there were... Uh, who, who, I think the hype, got, the, the hype seemed to get a little bit of ahead of itself uh, on that sort of initial opening day weekend box office draw type uh, number. Some people where, were looking they for... they hit only 5 million, They only sold 5 million. As opposed to 6 to 10 million. Six which to was 10 anybody million. in here one what of those, those wi- million. What those whisper numbers were, uh, you know, were out there um, uh, projecting, and so that's where the quote-unquote disappointment uh, uh, comes in. But as, um, as Tim Cook... Uh, uh, has said, and as I'm reminded to take this on a total tangent, uh, Tesla's uh, CEO Elon Musk uh, says about uh, Tesla's uh, cars is, you know, these are companies that are demand constrained, not uh, or uh, that are supply constrained, not demand constrained. And, and what that means is that if they don't hit their numbers this weekend, it's not because nobody's there to buy the stuff. <laughs> it's because there is, you know, they're having a little bit of difficulty getting. Uh, uh, getting them off the line and, and into people's hands. Speaking of Apple's supply chain, that's the other story <laughs> going on, which is that Foxconn, the company that makes Apple's iPhones, suspended production at a factory in China earlier today because a riot broke out among up to 2,000 employees. Foxconn confirmed the riot and that up to 40 employees had been hospitalized, but that there were no deaths. Um, th- we've talked about Foxconn before and and it was, I guess, earlier this year where there were, there were the stories about the working conditions mm-hmm. there. And Apple, was, let's be clear, Foxconn works with just about every big tech company yep. uh, in America the, the, in terms of making products, putting them together, putting the actual devices together. But, Jason, Apple is the biggest one. Um, yep. They're the ones who are sort of getting, um, obviously, the... They get the flack from it, right? They get yeah. the flack yeah. from it. Uh, and that's, I guess, sort of the uh, the blessing and the curse of being the, the biggest public company in the world. Um, what do you think of these two stories? And to the extent that one is more troubling than the other, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think it's it's interesting whenever you look at any of these companies that have a lot of their, either their supply chain or the production chain is overseas, it kind of harkens back to those days of Nike and the sweatshops. And I think that started all the way back in the 1970s, and we still even hear about it today. But, um, you know, with Apple, one of the concerns going on as they as they continue to bump up these devices and with this replacement cycle, they're going to always have to try to figure out how to roll out something new. And so the bill of materials, which is basically, you know, the sum of all the, the parts that cost to make those phones, we know that bumped up a little bit this time with the iPhone 5. It'll probably continue to bump up as they continue to roll out more features. If there are any crimps in the supply chain, uh, or the production chain for that matter, then, you know, they could be facing issues where there may be a shortage of the device. And I think, was it not long ago they had, it was the flooding in Thailand, I believe, where they were having issues with the hard drives for Mac computers, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we've witnessed that in in another, uh, you know, another realm there with with Macs as opposed to iPhones, but but it's something that does exist and it's, it's something that investors need to take into consideration. Alex, 
And it's in, something that won't matter. Uh, I was just going to say, in, ter- in terms it, of the it, effect, honestly, yeah, I mean, in it, terms it, of the effect on Apple's business, is either one of these a, a major concern for you? N- n- no, and the reason for that is that they have a, a CEO at Apple who is sort of you know world renowned as the supply chain guru to end all supply chain gurus, and uh, if uh, if they have problem with opening day weekend sales because of a uh, a hiccup uh, in the supply chain. This is not an indicator that somehow uh, Apple is falling down on the job, or even at that Apple's suppliers are falling down on the job in a way that, at the end of the day, is going to matter much to Apple investors. I mean, if the stock is down 2% today while the market's up a half of a percent, that, that makes for a great headline and a great story uh, to talk about for 15 minutes. Um, but like we uh, are. But, but, <laughs> right. But Apple, but Apple investors, whether they, sell fi- uh, whether they sold 5.1 million or 6 million or 6.7 million uh, in the opening day weekend uh, because of supply issues is, is, no, it's not going to matter. The things that will matter and the things that are more concerning for Apple um, is, you know, the future of, you know, what does iPhone 6 look like? What does iPad mini look like? What does uh, Steve, uh, lack of Steve Jobs uh, leadership, uh, leadership and uh, precision and focus on perfection, uh, attention to detail, and that being missing, what does that mean for, um, you know, for iPhone? And what for, about uh, the map iPad? issue? Because this is something we talked about on the Motley Fool Money radio show last weekend. I think that's actually important. I think N- not that not that the map sucking uh, is, <laughs> is 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 particularly is I was going to say it, not it's as like <laughs> one it's like one small piece but I think that's more indicative of the issues that are important to Apple than um, whether there was a you know uh, a riot in uh, in Foxconn's plant uh, plants or whether they sold five million or five point seven million uh, units I think that uh, the map issue speaks to what I was saying before about Steve Jobs lack of presence and what does that mean for um, you know, what is Apple today? Is it is it no longer a company that, that seeks absolute perfection? And if it's not, then is perfection what mattered uh, to Apple? And, uh, you know, if, if that's the case, then that's, that's a little troubling for Apple shareholders. It also speaks to what is important for Apple going forward. Is it hardware specs and ratcheting up and having a, you know, a bigger screen and a better camera and six-minute abs instead of eight-minute abs, uh, you know, <laughs> next generation? Uh, or, is it the, or is it the content and the ecosystem? And if it's the ecosystem and they're not getting the ecosystem right, then that's, that's, that's something that's worth discussing and potentially problematic, I think. Yeah, I mean, you have to flip that on its head, too, and look at it from the – the supplier's perspective. I mean, those those guys have all the incentive in the world to work with Apple when you consider how much how many phones and devices they're selling. So, uh, you know, if one fails, there's going to be another one to take its place. You can always drop us an email. Radio at fool.com is the way to get a hold of us. Got an email from Fred Gaddis in St. Charles, Missouri. And he writes, guys, just as before, I wanted to invite you to the ninth annual Fredtoberfest. Fredtoberfest. I also thought you would like the new invitation and citation of my reference to include world famous. World famous uh, indeed. Longtime listeners may recall that last year about this time, uh, Fred sent us an email with a uh, an invitation to Fredtoberfest, which is his own personal annual beer festival that he throws for his friends and and family. All the beer, bratwurst, hot dogs, cheese, and bread you can imagine, <laughs> and then in parentheses, plus a few healthy items. And he changed his. He sent us the invite last year, but he changed it this year to include the words uh, the words world famous and a little asterisk. And then down below, the asterisk is because we talked about it on the Market Foolery Absolutely. podcast. Absolutely, love it. Yep. Um, so this is October twentieth. It's in Missouri. Put the invitation up on to take a picture and put it up on our uh, Twitter. Put it up on the Twitter. We'll yeah, do, that. do that. We'll f- yeah. Follow us uh, at Market Foolery on Twitter. We'll we'll put up the invi- the invite. Um, 
if we go, Alex, it would be rude right. not to bring something. Uh, what are you bringing uh, uh, to Fred's well, help? First, first, a nice, perhaps a Merlot or, or a Shiraz or something that they, that, 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 no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on, it's Fred Toberfest. No, the only thing, really, the only appropriate thing to bring is bacon. Bacon. Yeah. Fred does say that uh, there's going to be a lot of beer, but you know, feel free to bring something yeah. else to drink. Bacon so. wrap, bacon wrap beer. There you go. There you go. So it sounds like all the food and beverage are taken care of. So I would. I'm going to go two here. I'm going to take a full hat for everybody, okay. and then I think we bring a makeshift studio and we do a live market foolery on site. Oh, a bonus, a bonus market right. foolery. Make it. I mean, put that thing on the map. Fred, and, before and you get your hopes up, Fred, event. it's it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to say. Yeah, um, disclosure, I'm going to be in Disney World <laughs> October 20th. So. I was going to say, it's one thing for Alex to say he personally is going <laughs> to bring right. bacon. It's another thing for Jason to write a check with the company checkbook. You said say, if. <laughs> um, I, think, I think I'm looking at this, and because I'm not a beer drinker, I will bring some bourbon. I'll bring a couple of different types of bourbon. And because I think I'm going to be spending the night, uh, I'm going to bring uh, – one of those 500 tablet bottles of ibuprofen because uh, yes. okay. that's going to come in handy. Maybe the throw a few tons and the in air mattress. Don't measure. forget your air mattress. And the air mattress. Uh, I should mention tomorrow, Tuesday, September 25th, is Worldwide Invest Better Day. We will be doing Market Foolery live at 2 p.m. Eastern. All the information is at investbetterday.com. It's going to be video streamed so you can see us do it live and you can see just, yeah. just how badly we screw it up. Yeah. Or attend your local meetup. Or, yes, there will be local meetups. There's more than, I think, 70 around the world. Mm-hmm. Alex, I'll you, be in Philadelphia. You're going to be in Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, Uncle Joe Mager is going to be in Chicago. Be, yep. James Early will be in Los Angeles. Matty A. in San Francisco. San Francisco. Francisco. Nick Crow will be in Portland, Tim Oregon. Tim in Denver. So check it out, yeah. investbetterday.com. Yeah, well, tune in early there. I think starting somewhere around the 8 o'clock hour, we get uh, stock pick every hour for like the next oh, um, I'm seven in. hours. You're not going to want to miss it. Yeah. Jason Moser, Alex Scherer. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. I forgot to give my shout-out. <laughs> Go ahead and give <laughs> it now. Mike McCarg in the United Arab Emirates. A uh, Georgetown buddy of mine uh, sent me an email about a year ago that he saw me on Market Foolery, and he is a religious listener. So, hello, Mike. So, safe to say he's not going to be at the meetup in Philadelphia. Hope you will. No, but 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 Mike, perhaps start a meetup in uh, Dubai. It's not too late. They <laughs> got a really sweet airport out there. Six minute abs. Nobody, nobody knows you don't have six minute abs. Seven minute Eight abs. Eight minute abs. <laughs>